Hello and welcome to the Golden Rock Podcast, bringing you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. I'm Ben, and as always, I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast, Connie. This week, we're discussing Niantic's response to Pokemon Go's profits, reportedly taking a 40% drop, the Pokemon TCG Live leaving beta and the release date, as well as what it means for the Pokemon trading card game online, and finally, Pokemon fans working to translate lost episodes of the Pokemon anime. As always, you can jump to a topic using the timestamps in the description below. But before then, Connor, hello. Hello, sir. How are you? I don't know why I went really Scottish then and just died. (laughs) <laughs> just did for for whatever reason. I I sometimes do that, you know. But I'm I, I don't know if we discussed this when we did the series before, but like I can't do accents. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's nope. my whatever reason. I just haven't got the gift. You've either got the gift to do accents or you're useless. I don't think there's a middle ground. See, mine is. I find it hard to pick accents out of the air and do them randomly. Like I can drop into Scottish and I can drop into Irish very easily because that's where my family's from kind of thing and i did that a lot growing up but the worst thing is i will pick up people's accents when i'm standing next to them yeah whereas if i talk to them for too long i'll just adopt it it's a self-defense mechanism okay it's one of those (laughs) like no we're the the same we're the same i'm gonna mimic you (laughs) i am from around these parts it's probably going back to something like genetically back in the day when you were you know you traveled the land and whatnot and England and Scotland were always at war, and it's like you go down or up, and it's like we've got to blend in, got to blend in. Can't be seen, can't be seen as being being different. Have you had a good week, anyway? It's been a good week overall, actually. Yeah, not done a whole lot, but no, it's one of those where I've been really busy, but I don't feel like I've done much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I, no, I get, I get that. I get those days, like, and and sometimes those weeks where it feels like you have done a shed load of stuff but you've got nothing to show for it. Yeah, unfortunately. And I, and I think that, for me, is like being a parent and owning a home is like, oh, I've had a really busy morning, and what have you done? Well, I've cleaned the kitchen. Yay! Adulthood! Isn't it great? <sighs> to be fair, I did have a barbecue on Monday, and then Tuesday was just a full clean-down day. Right, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. That explains where two of the days went. Good, good. So was the barbecue for the king's coronation by any chance? No! It's for oh, Beltane. Okay. For what? Beltane. I've no idea what that word means. Uh, Mayday. Oh, Mayday. Right, okay. Mayday. <laughs> right, okay. I didn't realise it had another name. So Beltane is the uh, pagan Wiccan holiday festival of like the first day of summer kind of thing. Oh, wait. Were we officially in summer? No. Oh, (laughs) it it used to mark the first day of summer. Oh, okay. Because we're halfway between the two equinoxes. Right. Okay. Right. That makes sense. Yes. There's a a lot of fancy words in there. I kind of know what they mean. So (laughs) let's move on to the first piece of news this week. So the Pokemon trading card game uh, live will leave beta and be officially released on June the 8th. So you've not got long. Um, this also means that the Pokemon trading card game online will shut down on June the 5th. Now, I had a quick check, and Sarah B has reported that you don't need to do anything if you have a Pokemon TCG online account. Apparently, when you log into live, it'll ask if you want to migrate your content. Yes. However, that's that's the thing. You need to do that. Oh, you do need to do that, right. I would assume that you need to do that before June 5th. Otherwise, you lose everything. 
Oh, I'm really unsure. Yeah, I can see Connor is furiously typing. I can already tell that he's looking up to do a fact check, which is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. I have actually got it, I think. I've logged on and I played a couple of games. And, like, it's got a nice little fresh coat of paint. We've discussed it before on a previous podcast, but there's not a lot. I still want something all singing and all dancing like Hearthstone or something like that would be would be really nice but have you have you moved over to it yet uh yes i did my first shift over the other day um actually when i got back from euic i jumped on it and did my whole migration then uh the sad part was because i'm new to the game again it put me right at the bottom level which mm. meant i went in with my really strong mew deck and i was basically beating up eight-year-olds and it oh. just it, it just didn't feel good no it doesn't, <laughs> so I had doesn't. to put it down for a bit it never feels good when you do that it's like the first win you put down to oh yeah i just got lucky the the person i ranked with was unlucky and then you get a couple of wins in a row and you think oh, okay i i see where it's matched me now unfortunately okay so while the pokemon tcg online will remain active until june 5th uh no new pokemon tcg products cards or deck accessories have been added to the game since march the 1st so it's already effectively dead um if you're trying to use it for standard play uh changes ensure that development blah 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 uh doesn't say will i still be able to redeem codes in pttg online after march 1st yes oh you will because i have got i and this is no word of exaggeration i have about 500 of the Mm -hmm. online codes so so this codes will both work in ptcgo and ptcgl regardless yeah. which one you put them in. If sure. you put all of your codes into PTCGO and have a bunch of packs, I believe the packs get converted um, once you move over to PTCGL. I'll have to double okay. check exactly how they get converted. We're so prepared today. <laughs> this one, this, uh, to be fair, I thought this would be a quick news article, do- done and dusted, in and out. And then moving on to the next thing. Don't ask why I have so many of these card packs, okay? I just went through a phase where I was just buying the Sword and Shield set uh, and then the 25th anniversary. So suddenly I've got a butt ton of these things. I just haven't redeemed it because I didn't really play on the online um, Pokemon TCG um, website at the moment. But I really do want to. I want to get back into it. So I kind of want to just do a video or a live stream where I just like do all these 500 cards and then do a giveaway as, as well. Okay, I have found the information. There is Ooh. no current deadline for when Pokemon TCG Online players will need to sign into Pokemon TCG Live to migrate their account. At this time, players will continue to be able to migrate their accounts even after Pokemon TCG Online sunsets. Right, okay, there we go then, folks. So get round to it at some point and let us know. Like, if you end up using it, let us know. Comment send us in a message gmail all that jazz you can find the information down below let's move on to pokemon ooh, go ooh, ooh. Oh, while oh, i'm on oh, it oh, while no. i'm on it uh here ooh. you go the the unopened items the which is packs effectively yes. uh while unopened products and bundles are not transferable players will receive a number of crystals which is what you use to um it's like dust if you talk yes. about um hearthstone Hearthstone's it's yeah. it's how you make cards now which is why tcgl is actually a better system because we didn't have any crafting in the last game. Yep. And the trading system f- for all those who liked it, it sucked. I'm sorry. It was it was the worst. 
I hated it, and I hated every bit of it. Um, crystals can be re- let's try that one again. Crystals can be redeemed for booster packs, promo cards, and special bundles in the Pokemon TCG Live in-game shop. So, if you have one to nine unopened items, you get five hundred crystals. If you have ten to twenty-four, you get eleven hundred crystals. If you have twenty-five to forty-nine, you get twenty-two fifty crystals. 2,250. 50 to 124, you get 4,700. And 125 plus is 12,400 crystals. Whoa! So regardless how much more you have than 125, yeah. that's what you get. So why the other to... The other main difference as well is once you move everything over to PTCGL, yeah. it, you're only allowed four of each card. Yep. So... Any extras you have than that will be dusted. Right. Okay. Okay. So it might be worth, if you've got a whole stack of unopened packs, Yeah. open down to 125, Yeah. and then and then migrate. Right. Okay. So that's what I need to do then, isn't it? Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. all those cards, I need to do that at some point beforehand. Right. Let's move on to Pokemon Go, um, because this week has been a bit of a strange one. Uh... So earlier on this week, it was reported by App Store analytic firm AppMagic uh, using data that they collected that in April, Pokemon Go had made nearly $35 million, which sounds like a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Let's not kid ourselves. However, highest grossing mobile game in the world. Yeah. Um, However, you have to take into account that it's down from $43 million in March and down from $58 million in February. So it's a 40% drop. Uh, And according to this report, this is the lowest monthly revenue since February 2018 for Pokemon Go. So this report, sorry, just to clarify, this report has come from a third-party app called AppMagic and was originally reported by MobileGamer.biz and has since been denied by mm-hmm. Niantic. That's what. So that's where I was going to go because originally I thought that was going to be what we were discussing. That's the story. Let's discuss that. But nope. yes, no. Uh, in a strange twist of things, Niantic, who's the developer of Pokemon Go, have come out to say that the estimate is wrong, and that Pokemon Go's 2023 revenue to date was up on the same period in 2022. And it's really strange a company coming in to comment on this to the point where the quote that I have from them is, we generally don't comment on third-party estimates of our revenue (laughs) as they are often incorrect, which is the case here. Our revenue so far in 2023 is up on last year. We don't focus on month-to-month trends because they fluctuate based on major live events. This year's changes have already increased in-person rating, and we're excited to introduce exciting new features over the coming months. Now, That's an interesting response. It is. And the reason I think it's interesting is because they didn't respond to the actual comment. No, no. The comment was, your April is down compared to February and March. We think it is due to you changing remote raid passing. They went, no, our first quarter of 2023 is up compared to our first quarter of 2022. And it's like, that's got nothing to do with what anybody's talking about. And in response, they went, well, we, we just don't look at month on month. We just, we just pretend that doesn't exist. 
Yes, you do. Of course Every you company, do. Of course Everybody does. Do. Yeah, yeah. Like, are you, are you telling me a company as big as, as, big as they are that measure their... There's a reason businesses have quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, quarter four, and then they look year on year. The reason why, so they can see the monthly trends to see what they put in, in, in action leads to increase in play base, increase in sales. Like, let's not kid ourselves here. This is a company that exists to make money okay of course they are looking at how much money people are spending on this game and like the fact that i would i think i would have more understanding and respect i guess if if nancy was just like yeah we don't comment on these things and just left it at that but they've come in with this kind of half ass kind of excuse and then tack on the end about yeah yeah we, we, like we you know, in, in-person raids have now increased. And I'm sat there thinking, well, of course you're going to say that because you're not going to... Like, Niantic are the kind of company where if they make a bad decision, they will double down on that decision. They won't go back on it. So this whole situation is really weird because it's almost as if, like, they're trying to get ahead of the bad publicity, I feel. Yeah, a little bit. It's just, it's it's a little bit odd that they've kind of turned around and gone, no, 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 everything's fine. Yeah, 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 you're right. The internet says that our fans are miffed, and one company has come out and said that you know that has, and that's what it's. I think that's getting to me is the fact that we have had something come out and say, hey, fan backlash has impacted this company. What we say matters. What we feel has actual real ramifications. And Yantic came out and went, no, it doesn't. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, I would have had a lot more, a lot more respect for them if they if they come out and gone. You know, we generally don't comment on these things. However, in, because of you know uh, a section of our fans' complaints about removing or changing certain features, we thought that we wanted to clarify it. Um, and what we've seen so far is more people are raiding in person, which stands with what our values are about getting people out and about. Um, like I'd have a bit more respect because at least then it feel like they are sticking to their guns. Whereas this just feels like, oh, we need to come up with a bit of a, not an excuse, but like a diversion almost of like, say not really addressing the initial point and just throwing out some PR speak to try and like damage control. Yeah. I think that the issue you're going to have here is always like, so you know how Netflix doesn't reveal any of their numbers. And just go, yeah, that was the best watch show ever. And then cancels it before the next season. Yes. And you're like, well, hang on. What was the case there? It's like, you don't you don't need to know. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> come on, guys. We- I'm not saying that every company should have open books. Mm-hmm. I do believe that, but I'm not saying it. Um, <laughs> I don't. I just, as I say, it hurts that they feel like, it feels to me like the fans have kicked off. And they've gone, it's fine. They're going to keep paying anyway. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It, it, like, if if the data buy app magic, which, you know, we, you have to take them at their word, unfortunately. You've, you've got, he's, he said, she said here. Like, if they are saying that there has been a 40% drop, that is massive. Like, over two months, a 40% drop. Like, it's a drop in the ocean. Like, Pokemon Go and Niantic probably have a shed... They've got a massive war chest of funds Mm -hmm. that, like, they're not getting shut down 
anytime soon. Like, they have so much money to throw at this game to, you know, ride out the waves of maybe people becoming disinterested in it or, you know, the months where they haven't got as many, many events and things like that. So 40%, while it is massive, it's a drop in the ocean for Mm. them. I'm more... What I'd like to see more, I guess, is the number of players playing this game. Like, for me, that is... Like, because you've almost got half a metric there. It's all well and good going, oh, they've made all that money, but, like, how does that compare to the people are playing? If the money's coming down and the number of people are coming down, then obviously that suggests that, you know, people, the subset of people are either standing by their guns and have boycotted this game, which I know some people have. Some people may be just going, you know what? There's not a lot for me to do in this game, and I'm just going to back off a little bit. It'd be interesting to see those figures side by side and then get a better understanding of the 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 game as a whole, like wh- what its current situation is. Yeah, I'd love to hear from people as well as if you are going out to these raids... Do they feel more sparse? Do they feel like there's less people at them? Because mm. um, that would... The thing is, it's all well and good saying, yes, more people are going to raids in person. It's like, yeah, for now. Yeah. But if people can't win the raids because not enough people are showing up to them because they all have to be there in person, do people stop going out to them? Does... I'm not... I'm not predicting the downfall of Pokemon Go here, nor am I wishing it. I'm just speculating as to mm. what the outcomes of this huge change could be. Yeah, and it seems to me like, for, for me, that it almost feels like the further you get to summer, the more money you should probably be making because more people are yep. naturally out and about. So it'd be interesting if, in three months' time, App Magic come out and gone. Yeah, it's down again because then it would you'd suddenly go, well, hold on a second. Like you've removed the ability to do these. Sorry, you've not removed the ability. You've you've changed the requirements, i.e., you have to pay more coins for them, which cost more money. Um, in order to do these remote raids, like so, it'd be interesting to see like what impact it's having because while more people might they might be right, maybe more people are doing in person raids. But that doesn't mean those people are spending. I'd imagine there is a subset of people that did spend on remote raids, but then don't want to spend for in-person raids. So you can have it where, factually, yes, you are right. More people are doing in-person raids, but they're spending less. Yeah. And that's yeah what, I see that, what you're saying. That's potentially one, one of the reasons why they focused in on this and going yeah more which would be are... fine because that's part of their ethos they're not in well, it for the yeah. money they're in it for getting people out the house <laughs> Apparently don't you so. know this ben that's all we really care about is <laughs> getting the people out and about and doing in person um it uh, pokemon go is one of those things where up until we started doing this podcast i was just happy to just i log in every day do catch a pokemon <laughs> spin a disc do a thing and it's and while I have noticed the changes in it, like, I wasn't in the news cycle. Mm-hmm. So they were just like, oh, right, when was the last time I got a legendary through a weekly breakthrough? And then being in this, you know, doing a podcast has really opened up my eyes to, wow, they really are, like, 
almost making changes that are a detriment to the the communities and the people I talk to. I'm not saying that's the case for everybody. Some people out there are probably loving these changes because they want more people to do in-person raids with them. But as a rural player, like it just kind of screws me over, to be honest with you. Um, I'm I'm just fascinated to see where Niantic go with Pokemon Go because like it it really does feel like they're almost scraping the bottom of the barrel with ideas. And when was the last time we had a major addition, whether or not it was the last major addition for me was the Shadow Pokemon and Team Rocket, because that was okay. so unique and different. And I know we've had Megas since then, but Megas are in the mainline game. Um, and the way they function doesn't really appeal to me. Um, I remember I just, it was the battle system that brought me back the first time when they finally introduced like the Great Leagues yeah. and stuff like that. Which... I was excited for until um, you can you can completely game that system, uh, and I I haven't got the time to do it. But basically, what you do is you just go in, you lose about fifteen matches or something like that. It'll put you at the bottom rung where everyone's dead weak, and then you can work your way back up and get your rewards faster than if you try to do it naturally. <laughs> and, and I'm just like and I sat there going, I really do want those rare candies that you can get because they are really useful, but. I'm not spending that much time going on a losing streak to then going on a winning streak. But, like, again, like, this is something that I've been aware of for several months now, and they haven't fixed that either. And it's, like, what... Pokemon Go feels like it needs just a little bit of reinvigoration to it because we had that reinvigoration a long time ago when they were like, right, we're refreshing how gyms work and there was a load of load of changes, real positive changes that came after that because people didn't used to have... The, you didn't used to have tasks and I'm pretty sure eggs... No, eggs were a thing at launch, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they have... It's almost like they've made loads of changes up this mountain and gone, yeah, these are all fantastic changes. Everyone's like, oh, wow, completely on board with this. And yet... That isn't that momentum is starting to shift now, and it's almost like okay, for a subset of people, they're making it like for me. I guess the question is, what is the point of me continuing to play this game? Like that, that that's that's the point where I'm at now. Where there are some days where I don't even log in. Maybe if I go for a walk, I'll go. Oh, okay. I'll maybe hatch some eggs and see what Pokemon there is, and things like community events and like. There isn't a Pokemon community where I am. <laughs> like it kind of like it's community day, but there's no community for me. And I just I'm struggling to see like where are the exciting changes for this game? And that will get me back into Pokemon Go. Maybe not spending, but it will get me back into it. Yeah. It does seem like a lot of <clears throat> they've taken without giving. Yeah, that's that's yeah. been a lot of the last couple of months, is, and that's, that's unfortunately like. why we've had to report on it so much. And we every single week, it's been a case of time for more Pokemon Go news. Uh, right, <laughs> it's, it's not. It's again, it's not what we want to do, but no, that has been the sentiment within the community, and that has been what's been going on. So there you go. Are you still playing Pokemon Go? Do you still enjoy it? What do you want to see in it? Let us know. Let's move on to the next topic. Uh, lost episodes of Pokemon anime have been translated so cool. by fans for the first time. Do you want? Do you want to report on this? Because it sounds like you're really uh, into so, this. 
So there was a lost episode from the Black and White series, two lost episodes, called Team Rocket versus Team Plasma. They they were fully written, fully uh, developed, ready to go. And then after the earthquakes and tsunamis that hit Tohoku, uh, I've pronounced that wrong, Tohoku? 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 Yeah. Uh, the earthquake and tsunami that hit Japan, um, resulting in 20,000 deaths, unfortunately, uh, they basically went, no, we're not doing it. It's the same reason we had the Tentacruel episode removed over here after 9-11. Oh. Um, you know, we all we all know about uh, Electric Soldier Porygon causing seizures, and they took that yeah. off the air. That's slightly different. Um yeah, there is also apparently another episode from Ruby and Sapphire that had a similar yep. treatment that got pulled because it was too close to an earthquake. But after 12 years, fans have finally tracked down the scripts. Um, this is part of a long story that was going on where a couple of people were trying to buy this. They'd raised $4,000 towards paying the person who apparently had these scripts. Um, And then at that very moment, they pulled out. Everybody thought, oh, no, this is a scam. It's all gone to hell. And no, it has been uploaded for free. Mm -hmm. Uh, They decided they didn't want the money. All the donations were returned, which is fantastic. And you can now find the scripts for these two episodes, both in Japanese and translated, online right now. So, just so I'm clear, this is this. It's just the scripts, isn't it? It's not it's the. It's just episodes. the scripts. It's not the episodes. Right. Okay. okay, they will be in a vault somewhere. Somewhere, yes. Hey, like, but now that we've got those scripts, I'd imagine there are some creative people out there that probably think I can do some kind of animation around yeah. this to kind of which i would be really looking forward to see it's this is very much like do you, for those of you, you that might not know who doctor who is he's a he's a bbc character that goes traveling around time and space in a in a box basically and the bbc lost a load of those original serials because they were apparently overwritten so they used to use film and they literally overwrit the old old content so there's a load of episodes that were lost to that there was episodes that were lost to fire episodes that were lost to um 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 water damage as well and i remember one of the series they did they only had the audio for them so they commissioned some animators to to recreate the episode in animation form with nice. the audio in the background and I haven't watched it, but it always fascinated me that that was doable. And this is something that I would love to see because, like, in the games, you never really see, like, you, well, you never see the, the, you know, evil teams from regions going against one another. And I would love to see this. And Black and White, from what I remember, was Team Rocket at their, like, height of evil. Really? Um, it was the first time uh, Jesse and James wore black. Because it was oh. a case of, no, these aren't, like, your comic reliefs anymore. They are actually out to get Pokemon and do a good job. They were still wow. useless, but right. the intent was there. 
Wow. Okay. And this so, is just a fascinating part of Pokemon history yeah. that is now reserved forever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because most people wouldn't even know about this. Like, I didn't know about it until you posted the article. I was like, mm. what what is what is this? And the fact that like it, it it's one of those things that like it's one of the amazing things about the internet that I absolutely love is the fact that we can archive so much. So in a thousand years time, there are people that would be able to, you know, oh, I want to see what was going on in the two thousands and finding the like just going could you imagine that a thousand years time people just going down this pokemon rabbit hole and just finding out all this information and finding things that you know were thought lost and being able to just like look things up and find things and like it's one of the great things about the internet and the fact that it can bring people together and they can do things like this and this just like I guess it goes like what what we're just saying is like we don't want to always be negative on Pokemon Go, but it doesn't like this. This proves that we're not negative on things. We're just sometimes we are critical of situations. But like credit where it's due, when positive things happen in the Pokemon community, we we report on them as well because it's it's just great to see the community this the, the shared love for Pokemon bringing people together, and then a person that could have easily made four thousand dollars going. Ah, no, nah, I love don't, Pokemon don't as well. Here you go. Like, it's, it's fantastic. It's absolutely and amazing. It's been a good couple of weeks for Pokemon archiving as well, because uh, did you see that we just had the original scans? Updated? Yes! How oh. cool is that? They, they, like, it's so strange seeing them because the colors look wrong, but yeah. they're actually right. But because- Yeah, we've had them wrong all along. Oh. Like, it just absolutely blows my mind. And just seeing some of this art, oh, it was, some of the art is absolutely gorgeous. That, that original art is beautiful, absolutely amazing. It, it is, it's, it's stunning. They, again, we're talking, if you don't know what we're talking about, the original Ken Sugimori art pieces. So for those of you who don't know, the original sprites for Pokemon were designed in-game. Uh, for red and green over in Japan. And then Ken Sugimori went and took those sprites and designed the Pokemon, the official artwork for the Pokemon, in his classic watercolor style. And you'll have seen these. You will have seen these around. But apparently these were scans that were just not done in the best way. And the the, the best one's Ivysaur. The best Mm. one for me is Ivysaur, because Ivysaur is not blue. Yeah, Ivysaur yes. is green. Yes. <laughs> it's like, it's, wait, it's unbelievable the color difference. Yeah, I yeah. So I I have to once again give props to all those people out there who are putting in the effort to preserve the history of this game mm-hmm. for the future, despite the fact that Nintendo and Game Freak keep trying to stand in their way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's one of the reasons why, like. Say whatever side of the fence you you fall on in terms of like you know people saving ROMs, uploading them to the internet and whatnot. At least they are preserving them. Like yeah. whatever side you fall on, at least you know that there is that if something happened and all the physical copies went tomorrow and you know Nintendo's servers all crashed and you know Game Freak retired, whatever happened, you'd still be able to access those those things. Um, that's the news for this week. Should we move on to Pokemon? It kind of is. It's been a light week. 
It it has, and yet we still spoke for half an hour about it. Like, please. well, that's a light week for us. Usually, well, we're, yeah, we want an hour right. on the news. <laughs> I know, right? Let's move on to Pokemon Ultimate Journeys. Then uh, we 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 are into the the main part of this series now. This is when it's all kicking off, and um, we're getting into Ash's big fight against Cynthia. So, like last time let's not do a blow-by-blow recap of the battles because like it's impossible to keep track of mainly because cynthia is a rotation battler i think is the way to describe her tactic (laughs) um so what we'll do is we'll just go into what we liked about the episodes what um you know what stood out to is because it was over was it over three episodes it was over it was all three episodes with one match it was basically a mini movie uh at this point point um I think the big one of the biggest stands out standouts for me was at the start. Cynthia's talking to, to Diantha and just goes, "I'm going to retire." I mean, yeah. The problem is, I I heard her say it, and I'm like, "Oh, so this is all about you learning to love battling again by fighting Ash and his out of yeah. the box thinking, and that's that's what you're going to take away from this." Hmm. Hmm. And of course, that's exactly what happens. She finishes the match and goes, oh my God, you told me there's so much more, to, or you taught me there's so much more to learn. I'm yep. going to continue on. And it's like, yeah, of course you are. Carry on. Well, you you know what? This, these episodes really made me want a limited series where we explore Cynthia's past. Yeah, I could see it. Like, I could see that doing pretty well, actually. She's a very fun, she's a very favorable character. Yeah, and like out of all the champions we've had, in the games, she always felt like the one with the, with like a true back, not a backstory, but like you could see where she'd come from, the history, the fact that you meet some of her family, and she didn't just feel like a character that's been like thrown in and only exists in the current timeline. It's like there was a there was a past past to her as well, and I've got to give credit to them because this initial intro, this part, like they could have gone the lazy route with the animation. I say lazy, you know what I mean? Like they, they could have mm-hmm. gone for cost saving, but they actually have like things like just Ash walking up and then Cynthia walking. Like, and I know that sounds daft that that's the point where we got into with the animation where I'm praising people walking, but we've seen in previous episodes where, you know, they cut corners in order to preserve time and money. So the fact that they take the time to build up and we don't just go, you know, the intro of the episode and then like it's straight into the fight, we actually get a build up. Um, which I really, really like. And like credit to Cynthia as well, because the thing that they've done that I've really liked in this fight, is, well, not in this fight, but it in this in this competition as a whole, is that he like Cynthia doesn't battle the same way as the other trainers. Like she she has a tactic in terms of how she approaches this. And I quite like the fact that each of these champions like bring something that you haven't seen before and Cynthia just constantly switching out and using her abilities and just keeping Ash on the back foot. Like it was a really enjoyable couple of episodes of fighting. Yeah, she's definitely she's definitely ahead for the first two episodes. Agreed. And quite comfortably so, I'd say. Of course, Pikachu comes in, gives Ash a couple of swing backs where he gets two Pokemon down. I'm not going to lie, though. When he hits that thing with Iron Tail, I'm like, Destiny Bond? 
oh, Destiny Vaughn. I didn't and see then it, it goes down and it stays in the shell. And then you see the black ooze come out and overtake yeah. Pikachu. Really beautifully designed. Love the way it's portrayed. But I was like, yep, that makes sense. And that yeah. was the beautiful thing about watching Cynthia. Is everything she did made sense. Yes. Oh, yes. I absolutely agree. Like a lot of this switching, the moves she used, the strategy, like like you say, it, it, it completely made sense why she was doing it. And it felt like, what it felt like to me is this, it wasn't a plot point for Ash to conquer. It was an actual trainer yeah. for him to conquer. And he managed to do it, but it felt very much like, unlike the Steven Stone battle where it felt like it just a, I'm going to spam this attack and I'm going to win and it feels a bit cheap. This didn't, it fa- It really felt like, oh, Ash really had to work yeah. to earn his spot. And on another day, Ash could have lost that. He, obviously, he, yeah. he's the main character and whatnot, but like you could see that you know, if they were going to continue Ash's story, there's a very real possibility he could have lo- lost. He it. could have lost here and it would have made yes. sense. And yes. I don't think anyone would have been mad. Yes. Um, I don't, what was beautiful about this one is I kind of felt he, it was a bit cheap against Steven. I don't think he should have won that. Mm. Um, this one, I felt that early. I'm like, there's no way he should come back from this. There's no way he should come back from this. And then what was really funny was as I was watching, it was very specifically during the second episode, Pikachu starts coming in, right? Um, might be the first, doesn't matter. The point is. I'm sat there and I'm watching and I'm like, Cynthia's owning this, but it feels like a VGC match. Right. It feels like I do a move, you do a move. Um, yeah. Abilities are coming into effect. The battlefield is a little bit plain. Okay. I kind of don't feel like you're playing to your strengths as an anime and, you know, forgetting that we don't have to follow the rules of the game. Yes. And it's as soon as Ash starts doing exactly that. Yeah. That he turns the tide of battle, and I'm like, well, it, oh, it's almost it's, like the it's almost like the show read in my mind there. <laughs> yes, because he, he it's about it's the Gastrodon versus Pikachu where he turns the uh-huh. tide, isn't it? Because and it uses Earth power, and Pikachu yeah. starts jumping across all the rocks yes. and get blown up into the sky. And I'm like, there it is, nice. Yeah, because that's what that you are absolutely right. Like it, it's the anime plays very fast and loose with the the rules of the games, which I'm absolutely fine with because there are things you can do in the anime that you can't do in the in the games in terms of okay like a pokemon's faster and you don't have to do one you know attack at a time you mm. can just go you can spam them almost um and i really enjoyed that it, and like like ashy's you're absolutely right like ash just pulling out strategies that he didn't have like this is the thing against steven i don't really think there was that like ash mentality of thinking outside the box whereas in this you get it where pikachu beats um beats gastrodon by running across the rocks and then slamming them all into it you also get it with the pikachu where it starts to basically break dance it spins <laughs> on the spot to create a th- like using thunderbolts um and we even get cynthia like cracking a joke which i quite like is it's a little apparently it's a callback as well apparently he is did it? that in the Sinnoh league Oh right, that's that's what they they make a reference to. They're like, oh yeah, I watched you do that oh, in the Sinnoh League, it's... which again implies that Cynthia has been watching Ash ever since. Potentially, was... yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then obviously the big 
the big ash move was uh brutal swing the stealth rocks away <laughs> I know, right? Not rapid spin. The moving game that will get rid of them. Just brutal, nope. brutal swing. Um, Just throw your shield. <laughs> to be fair, it was. I had a little issue with the animation because I thought the shield was just like ricocheting around that shield around yeah. the outside of the ring and didn't understand quite what was going on until it's like, oh, you're taking down the stealth rocks. I'm like, are you? Yeah, okay, apparently, fair apparently, enough. apparently so. Apparently so. Um, on note of animation. Yeah finally <laughs> yeah it finally felt good there was nothing that was like absolutely stunning oh my god the best thing ever mm. um however they obviously really liked the lucario mega transformation because they did it twice <laughs> yeah that really <laughs> like to the point where i had to stop it and go wait like i went back and yeah. in the episode i was like oh they they literally put the mega revolution into yeah they do it before the cre- they do it yeah. before the opening song and they do it right afterwards again under different music it's cool <laughs> animation i like uh lucario at the end of the fir- uh, at the end of the second episode as well where it looks all somber and down yeah. to the ro- and dark and oh yeah very good yeah. uh yeah. good human animations and actually you know what that was one of the things i realized because they do a look back at the start of the episode, you know, where they're like, ah, oh, this is how Ash has got here. It's the tournament, and this is all the fights that I've had. They did a really good job of showing the animations of the people and the trainers. Mm. And seeing it all back to back, I'm like, actually, there is some good stuff in these episodes. I've been mm. kicking off week after week going, the animation's not good, the animation's not good. There's been elements in there all the way through. Yeah, there the, the has. I... I... Definitely in the in the in the episodes where it's the it's the Masters Eight, it, mm. it's never felt like there's been bad animation. It's always felt like there's good enough animation. But then there's those moments where it's like, I kind of wish it was like this all the time. But all I, the way I, through, I can understand why that's not the case. Unfortunately, um, I'm trying but to they, think. These three episodes do feel higher than the rest. They do feel better yes agreed agreed and like because on honestly like i was wondering how they were going to do this because the stephen stone fight was that one or two episodes i can't i think it was one was that was one episode yeah and i honestly thought it would be one for the first ones two for the semis and three for the finals that's what i honestly thought which would probably make sense in terms of like cost cutting and all that so the fact that they actually went no let's do three episodes and it didn't feel, it didn't feel like it was bloated. It no, I like, agree. I agree felt, completely. It felt like three was the right number, it, and they could have made it work with two. But I feel like it would have been very rushed, and it would have felt like some of the Pokemon were were weaker than they are. The fact that we have, I think, three arguably, episodes, you could still say the first episode feels rushed. Ash loses yes. three Pokemon back to back, and yeah. like. Dragonite feels actually worthless at this point. I'm it, sorry, Dragonite. So I've actually got a note here that says is Dragonite is weakest po- Pokemon in his lineup, and it, it yeah. is. It, it, it's, unfortunately, I, it's up there as one of the most disappointing Pokemon Ash has ever owned. Yeah, it, it, which is a shame because I remember that was his first Pokemon in in Journeys, and like maybe yeah, I'm sure. It, well, then he got Gengar, and I, I remember thinking, "Wow, he's got a pseudo." But it doesn't feel like a pseudo. Like Iris's Dragonite is a completely different beast. Like that thing mm-hmm. was like it felt powerful and busted. Whereas this one feels like it's it's there more for it's there more for support 
to help Ash rather than there to win for Ash. Yeah, it's it's difficult to see why we have in, in the most important matches of Ash's life, mm. we have Dragonite over Charizard. And that's always the issue you're going to have when you bring a dragon onto the team. I know Charizard's not a dragon, but the point still stands. Like, you should be bringing the best of the best. Well, yeah. And that thing doesn't deserve to be there. Agree. And it, it, like, we keep cutting back to Ashy's old Pokemon art. Mm -hmm. And it it always, like, goes, surely you would pick your best. This is the Masters 8. You would pick your best six, not necessarily the six you've caught. For this region, and like, it would give you the opportunity to bring back some of the fan favorites, and like his his Kalos team, which was busted. The 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 team for Pokemon Sun and Moon, like, won in the league. You'd think he'd be going right. Okay, I need to cherry pick some of these Pokemon, but I guess I understand that. Like, <laughs> Ash is the kind of the kind of trainer in the anime that. It's more around the friendships and the bonds rather than like I'd imagine Ash would be the kind of person to go. Well, I want to win. Like I want to stand by my Pokemon, regardless. Yes, of that might but, mean I lose. But he has done it for previous championships, right? Okay, he has oh, done it where he will just take a random pull from a previous actually generation. No, right. In fact, I've seen him do it at gyms. I can't remember what fighting Jimmy walked into, and he went, "You know what? I need Snorlax." Give me a second. I think it was versus a Hariyama, and he goes and gets Snorlax. Right. Okay. So I, yeah, I I think I would have preferred that this season. And don't get me wrong, there are certain Pokemon like Greninja. You can write Greninja out because it's like, well, Greninja's busy doing important. What do you work. mean, Greninja won this match for him? Well, yeah, because there's that, <laughs> there's that part where Ash's aura connects with Lucario, and then you get a quick three second shot of Greninja's looking over its shoulder as if like, oh, I see what you're doing. I got you. I'll lend you my power. Lend like, me your energy! <laughs> which is exactly... That's what it was, right? Like, yeah, Greninja no, absolutely was, was what yeah. happened. Yeah. Because you see the aura of Lucario, and then Ash's aura adds to it, and it builds out. And then we have that shot uh, yeah. of Greninja, and then it builds out even more. Because it, So yeah, actually, 100% is what happened. Yeah, because it actually says it's a giant aura sphere. They actually say in the thing, it isn't just aura sphere, it's, it's giant, giant aura sphere. But like... It doesn't knock out the Togekiss. So, like, the end of the the, the final... Sorry, not the final fight. The second-to-last fight is Dynamax Togekiss versus Mega Lucario. Very Which cool. I'm glad they went down, because, honestly, I was expecting Mega Garchomp versus Mega Lucario to the point mm-hmm. where they mention it in episode, and that's what Ash is thinking as well. Ash is thinking, oh, I've, I've got to prep for this Mega Garchomp, and it doesn't come in the Togekiss Dynamaxes. And... We we get some really like this is only something you can do in the anime where it uses Max Airstream and Ash run up the air runs stream, up it just run up it so like okay is it right sure that's what we're doing um it's like okay absolutely fantastic and then Cynthia tries to catch it or trap it by getting Tokus to swing its yeah it it like in. slaps the aura sphere out of the air yeah yeah and. Okay sure it's just like right okay and like cynthia has a strategy for it like she has a strategy for the entire game like her strategy is basically i'm just gonna boost up toga kissy speed and yeah just so it's super fast and it makes it difficult and like when the that aura sphere connected i i honestly thought ah it's 
it's good. The giant aura sphere was going to knock us out, and it doesn't. I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting. And and imagine the reason why. Sure, it, it's quad weak to fighting, isn't it? Fairy no, kiss. it's fairy. It's fairy, yeah, fairy flying, flying. I think. Yeah, so it's it's quad, it's quad resistance. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so you said quad weak. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Did I? Um. So quad resistance. So that's why it doesn't knock it out, which I thought was a nice little touch because I I honestly thought, oh, it's going to knock it out, but done, done and dusted. Um. And then we get into the final fight, which is Garchomp versus Lucario. We get more, and it's flash- just a slugfest. It is. They're just like <laughs> this. Feels to me like um, the closest we've probably had since you know the original Mewtwo movie, where they're all just yeah. like absolutely brother, shattered. Brother. <laughs> That's the one. And they're just absolutely pummeling one another. They're both on next to no HP. They're slugging out, and of course, Ash brings out the move that he has used in previous episodes: reversal winning him the the fight and uh, honestly yeah it's just the more i'm talking about this the more i'm like actually th- this was a really good fight it gave most of his pokemon other than dragonite uh, their opportunity to shine sir in one fetched. way can we talk about sir fetched for a minute oh he doesn't even what a hero <laughs> beautiful goes up against jar chomp gets the meteor assault off <laughs> takes a like dragon claw to the back yeah. And goes down, but refuses to fall. <laughs> Just stands there to the point where they come. Like the the, the guy on the um, I can't remember his name comes in on the Aegis slash to look at the Pokemon. Like <laughs> the comment is just like he's just refusing to. He's fainted, but he's still stood up. He's refusing to go down on the spot. I was like that's absolutely what, <laughs> what an absolute hero. Um, the the only the other highlights for me, I think, were um. Dragovich just getting angrier and angrier against this Roserade, just charging through a leaf storm to attack it. Just flat out, just infuriated and refuse. Like it actually refuses to return at one point against yeah. the Milotic. And yeah, because like- it gets poisoned, and it's like, okay, return. Yeah. No, don't want to. And there's a beautiful <laughs> comment from Cynthia, who's like, "Yeah, you you listen to your Pokemon. You believe in your Pokemon. It's like you there. would do that." And that's why I'm going to beat you. And it's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> she knows. She knows. She's got you figured out. Oh, uh, the the only other highlight I think I, I have to give is I'm I like Spirit Tomb. Yeah. Like the how they bring character to basically what is a, a rock with a spirit. Like <laughs> a rock with a spinning face. Yeah. Like the, the like out of all the Pokemon we see, it has the most character in in these episodes and the fact that like its laugh is absolutely terrifying in the fight like this evil cackle that it that it has and how sinister it is um it, yeah it's just like spirit tomb for me was the the standout in in this absolutely loved it and like you say that that destiny bond i was just, I just what a didn't... play oh. I, I love that you the thing is you didn't see it coming how did it make mm. you feel I am shocked because honestly, I thought this is the turnaround. Ashy, Ashy's strongest Pokemon is taking down what I would probably say is maybe not Cynthia's strongest, but the most difficult to deal with. And I thought, right, this is Ash now getting level. So to see Pikachu go down and go, oh, his ace is gone. Right, okay. Um, how is he going to bring this one back? It, it was, it was great. It was absolutely fantastic. 
seat, whereas because I kind of saw the Iron Tail coming in and my head went, Destiny Bond. Yeah. But they give it so much time after that where the spirit room just lies there. Yes. And Dan's not like calling it yet. And I'm yeah. like, no, this is happening. Oh, God, Ash is about to lose his ace. Pikachu was his turnaround. Uh, and they such a beautiful moment where he goes along. He picks up Pikachu. He puts him down. Oh. And he's ready for the fight. And then he just stops. And that, I, I, I know it sounds silly. That was the most important bit of the entire three episodes for me. Because that's proof that Ash actually is champion material. Because mm. if you've ever been in high-level competition, that moment of being like, I'm on the back foot, yeah, I might lose this, calm your nerves, get focused, get centered, get back in the game. Mm. It was beautifully portrayed. There was no words needed. It's gorgeous. Absolutely loved it. it it's one of those, it, it goes back to what I've said before. It's like, show, don't tell. Like They could have easily cut to go. They could have easily cut to somebody else going, Oh, Ash, Ash is Ash is taking a moment. So like he really needs this. He's gonna work out. And they, they like sometimes they don't need to do that. Sometimes you just literally just let the characters show. Just show. Don't don't tell them. We don't need any you know exposition. Just show it. And, and they do a similar thing at the end as well, where he wins, and you have that moment of the crowd goes wild, and then we focus in on Ash, and he just stood there, gormless, just like, oh, 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 it's over. Oh, I won. Oh, I won! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Pikachu's going mad next to him, and you kind of, you get that sense of the low fuzz, and then the crowd slowly builds up in the mm-hmm. background as he comes back into reality. I really, oh. really liked some of the directorial choices in these mm-hmm. couple of episodes. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Connie, are you up for playing a game? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, perfect. In front of me, I have three Pokemon with three Pokedex entries each. But can Connor spot the fake entry? This week, we've got a little twist. We're starting with Gastrodon West Sea. Oh, okay. Okay. And the reason I've done this is there were so many amazing Pokedex entries for this Pokemon that I needed to do it twice. Split them. Yes. (laughs) So, Pokedex entry number one. It has strong regenerative capabilities. Even if parts of it are bitten off by fish Pokemon, it will return to normal within a few hours. Entry number two. It is extremely squishy and covered in a thin layer of mucus. When moving on land, it leaves a slimy residue in its wake. And the final entry. Long ago, it had a shell on its back. There's now a vestigial, I think, plate on its back. Vestigial plate on its back that's hard but thin. Yeah, that one's true. Okay. Um, now, I know there is Pokedex entries about the fact that it can like lose legs and just regrow them, and that's fine. The fish Pokemon thing is kind of weirding me out. <laughs> and I really want to go for the first one. What was the second one again? So the second one is, it is extremely squishy and covered in a thin layer of mucus. When moving on land, it leaves a slimy residue in its wake. And what was the first one? It has strong regenerative capabilities. Even if parts of it are bitten off by fish Pokemon, it will return to normal within a few hours. 
I'm going to have to go with the first one and let you tell me it's the second one. That's absolutely correct. It is yeah. the second one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I could feel it in my bones, but yeah, you, just, yeah. you just have to. The second one I came up with, I felt like that's a, that almost feels like a safe Pokedex entry. Uh-huh. Like, oh, that's the one you can rule out almost. Um, so next up, Gastrodon, East Sea. So uh, Pokedex entry number one. It spends most of its time on land absorbing nutrients from sand. Entry number two. A team of researchers is scouring the oceans on the world in search of a gastrodon in a colour never seen before. In entry number three, a relative of Shalda and Cloyster, this ocean dweller sometimes comes onto land in search of food. Mm. Let's go with the first one. The first one is right. Well done. Yeah. What gave it away? Just it was. What nutrients are out there in the sand? I don't know. Water. <laughs> don't well, know. then you'd stay in the water. <laughs> so, so oh, I'm good because I honestly thought that last one. You'd be like, wait, what? Like relative of Shelter and Cloister? No, because I I remember that one. I remember reading that because oh, really? I was at the. I, that's one of those I have read before and gone. Wait, what? What? But yeah. it was it was a it was originally a shellfish. Uh, oh. Similar to Cloister, and that's what the other Pokedex entry is talking about—the fact that it had a hard shell, yeah. And now it's like a little backplate is just the remainders of it. Now that it's evolved out of it, so oh. think of it: Gastrodon is kind of the gooey insides of a cloister, yeah, that grew out of its shell. Okay, I like yeah, that. It's cool, isn't it? Wow, yeah, I, I do love that. Yeah, I, I had to pick those two because there was so many. Like, I was just reading through these Pokedex entries, going, "There's a lot of, for these Pokemon that honestly I used to think were really boring, but the more I've used them, the more I like the Gastrodon line. I, I really mm-hmm. do enjoy using it. Um, so we're not done yet. The third and final Pokemon is Togekiss. Nice. So entry number one, it will never appear where there is strife. Its sightings have become rare recently. Entry number two. Studying ancient texts have revealed that this Pokemon is a recent addition to the region. Whether it originated here or travelled from a neighbouring land is unknown. Entry number three. As everyone knows, it visits peaceful regions, bringing them gifts of kindness and sweet blessings. Uh... confused <laughs> i'm actually stuck here okay so that second one sounds just wrong on every level but it also sounds like it might be a legends arceus entry interesting because you know togepi togetic were the original ones and then togekiss came in but it came in in Sinnoh, so it makes sense um hmm hmm <laughs> Uh, the strife feels right. The strife feels right because I know Togekiss is all about happiness and it comes around happiness and stuff like that. I'm going to go with the third one. Second one. Really? <laughs> yes. That Fair. <laughs> fair. I'm very, if, I'm very proud felt, of myself. It felt wrong enough that there's no way I thought you'd write it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Does that make I, sense? I, yeah, yeah. I, honestly, like, when I wrote it, I just sat there and I went, "Yeah, that'll do." Like usually, I do a couple of tweaks, but that was one where I wrote it and I was like, first draft, I was like, "Yep, yeah, done." Happy with that. Um, so well done, Connor. You got one out of three. Uh, I don't know why I said well done. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm just glad that it didn't come down to a fifty-fifty. 
because usually yeah. that's what it is. Normally, you you rule out one, and then it's like flipping a coin. Whereas that one, there was you had a three percent chance. So I quite yeah. enjoyed that. Uh, let's move on to comments and questions. We've got the one this week, courtesy of King Nido. Uh, Nido, um, what are games or franchises you guys like outside of Pokemon? I'll let you start this one if that's okay. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> The, the older I've gotten, the less time I have for video games. Yeah. Um, in terms of the ones that I I used to play so much, like a ridiculous amount that I'm trying to get back into, uh, the Resident Resident Evil franchise, always been a big fan of those survival horror games, um, to the point where I'm playing Resident Evil 7 at the moment and absolutely loving it, still refusing to play it on VR because I am a wuss. Um Final Fantasy, always loved the Final Fantasy series. I've I've played every mainline game except for I think eleven because it was online on the PS2 and I didn't I didn't have PS2 online capability at the time, and uh, I I just didn't know about being on PC at the time, so I missed it. Um, and want to get into Final Fantasy 16, which is only available on the PS5 when it comes out, and I don't have a PS5. Um, Metal Gear Solid was a series a franchise that I used to love. Uh, however it's died a death pretty much now unfortunately they are probably the big three franchises that my childhood and adulthood revolved around uh, but one game that i'm playing at the moment which i absolutely love is a moby called predecessor people probably haven't heard of it it's in it's in open beta at the moment and it's based off a game um that was called paragon on the ps4 and pc that was made by the same people who made Fortnite. When Fortnite became really popular, they shut the game down but released all the assets for free. And there have been multiple developers that picked up, tried to get it working, and then I think it's been oh, it's been about six years now. They finally released this game, and I can't stop playing. I can't put it down. I it, MOBAs are one of those things that I have a love-hate relationship with. Dota 2 went through a phase where I it was the best game ever. And then I started to get left behind because I wasn't playing enough and I, and I didn't, you know, new items and changes and tweaks and heroes. And I kind of put it down and never went back to it. And I'm just hoping that doesn't happen with this one because I, I could happily spend an entire day playing this game. Yeah. I, I, much in the same way as you, don't get the time to play a lot of games anymore. Uh, weirdly enough, I'm, I've moved on to a lot of board games. I'm a bit of a board game mm. fanatic personally now um so that's where a lot of my time is spent as for game franchises i've enjoyed i used to play assassin's creed a lot um weirdly enough i fell off it in recent years i think it was either odyssey or the one before that in egypt yeah Uh, origins yeah that i kind of went this isn't the same game that it used to be Right. And they've tried to do it open world, but you can't go anywhere because there's also a leveling mechanic, which doesn't make sense for an assassin. How mm. can I drop from 14 stories up and stab a guy in the face? And he's like, aha, I knew you were there. <laughs> N- no, I, I did. So I fell out of them after that. I think Black Flag was the last one I really, really liked. Um, nice. But they're now bringing back. Um, I know they got two games coming up. They got one in Japan which will be friggin' cool, mm. no matter how you look mm. at it. Assassin's Creed yeah. in Japan is going to be oh, cool. Yeah. And they're doing one, I can't remember where it is, but it's supposed to be more reminiscent of the older games, where it's not all open world, it's more okay. spot to spot to spot. 
I think I might pick that up again. Um, other games I've been playing recently, Sonic Frontiers. Really enjoyed oh, that. Yeah. Beat that. They're doing a bunch of updates to it now and DLC and stuff like that, so I'll be picking that up again soon. Uh, weirdly enough, the Spyro franchise was something oh, that I grew up on as a kid, and I got the Reignited trilogy a couple of years ago, played mm-hmm. through that, completed it 100%, and I'm in the process of doing that again. Um, Halo was a series I loved mm. for the longest time, but I don't think it's been great since 3. Yep. That's a lie. I don't think it's been great since Reach. There you go. Oh, Reach Reach is one of those prequels that's actually a really good game. ODST was fun. Reach was amazing. And I think it's kind of gone downhill since then. ODST um, disappointed me because I... You, you're not playing as a Spartan, but it, you're not a but, Spartan. But it felt like you were playing as a Spartan because you start shield. Oh, like, see, I disagree. Oh, because really? The shield goes down so quickly, and then you actually have health. Your right. health doesn't regenerate see, in those games like it does in the others. Oh, it's been so long since I've. I've this was at university, so this was about 2009, 2010, I think. So it's been a long time. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I did feel like. I kind of wish that was the one game where they went more like Call of Duty, where you didn't have a shield, you were just a normal bloke, and it was more like, where is, where is like, the grunts, like, Master Chief just yep. runs through them, whereas for you, they would be really difficult, and then, you know, when you come across the really strong creatures, the aliens that the, the Master Chief could deal with, but it was always the elites a fight. and the brutes and yeah, stuff like that. Like, like, I remember brute fights in ODST being the hardest thing ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I love I love Halo. It was like, again, I might have said it before on the podcast, but it's the franchise that got me into script writing and stuff like that and made me go to university to study film because Red versus Blue and things oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely loved it uh and the other one on the list is probably monster hunter i have been a fan of monster hunter for a while i like i like i played try back in the day on the wii and then i got back into it with world and the most recent one yeah monster hunter is a difficult one though because it's not one that you can come back to after you leave it for a little while Mm. you kind of have to continuously play it right see monster hunter is one of them where i have played the demo of i think three different monster hunters and it's never quite great. It's. Do you ever have one of those games where you want to love it because mm-hmm. everything about it is like it's got elements of all these different things that I absolutely love, but you just can't get into it. And Monster Hunter is one of those franchises where I, I I want to love it, and I've just never played one of them that's gone right. This is the one I'm playing it. See, it's kind of hilarious because I love Monster Hunter for like the way the battles work where everything comes down to timings and you have to read the moves and you dodge rolling and stuff like that out of the way and it's great but i can't do dark souls right okay. dark souls drives me insane yeah I can't do it. Dark, dark dark souls one i absolutely love that because it was such a refreshing take on like it, it there hadn't really been anything like it in quite a while yes we had demon souls but i missed that so i just came in at dark souls played a shed load of that loved it i have since bought dark souls 2 dark souls 3 and bloodborne and bloodborne's the one that like draw, draws me in the most because it's all like non-euclidean monsters and the, yeah the yeah, yeah space and it's great i can i can completely understand that but 
it just it hasn't kept me for longer than a few hours, which is why Elden Ring got released and everyone was harping on about it. And I was like, like, I've had three of these games now that are similar and none of them have pulled me in. So maybe Elden Ring, I don't want to spend 50 odd pound on a game that I play a couple of hours, put down and never pick up, which is a shame because like I would love to recapture that Dark Souls 1 magic like i i I absolutely love that um funnily enough we're on other gaming franchises as well just quickly are you getting tears of the kingdom i haven't i still haven't completed breath of the wild (laughs) i don't own breath of the wild i've literally played it for i think five minutes (laughs) really yeah i thought you were a massive breath of the wild fan i thought no i enjoy zelda i've played quite a few zelda games i think i've like i beat wind waker Actually, I say that. I say I've played a lot of them. I've only like three-quartered Twilight Princess and Ocarina of Time, and I beat Wind Waker. Mm. And that's kind of it. <laughs> so the Zelda franchise is another one of them that I've always wanted to get into. And the reason I didn't when I was younger is I just didn't have the consoles. And then by the time the first proper Nintendo console I owned was the GameCube. But I think I'd missed that point in my life where it could become nostalgic. So, like, I got Breath of the Wild mainly because I wanted to see what all the hype was about, and I got into it, and I really do I really do enjoy the game, and I can admit that the game is absolutely fantastic. The fact that there are so many little mechanics that you just, like, things like, I'm going to hit a tree. Oh, white actually falls down, or, you know, you use a fire arrow, and then the grass sets a light. You can suddenly jump on it. There are so many quirky little things in it that I absolutely love. But it can't hold my attention for a long time, and I do, and and I think I know why. It's because like as I've gotten older, open world games appeal less and less to me. Yeah, because there's too much to do, there's too much to explore, and I can't invest you know fifty, sixty hours into a game. I will eventually get Tears of the Kingdom, but I need to finish off Breath of the Wild first. Um, Just go fight Ganon, you coward. Oh yeah, you can do him at the start of the game, and then I'll get absolutely <laughs> trashed. I have to I've beat done... him up with a stick. Get good, <laughs> get good. I have beaten two of the divine beasts. I just need to get back into doing um, the 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 next one. And I'm trying to. Whenever I chip away, I try to play it without looking up guides. And I've gotten to the part where I'm in a desert and I can't get into a town. I'm too hot and I'm over. Like, I'm just like, what am I? What am I doing? I haven't got the time. And I'm at now I'm at the point where I'm like, maybe I just do look up a guide. But for me, that always takes a... Like, a guide is one of those things where I've completed the main story and then I look at a guide to do all the little little yeah. things and whatnot. And I, I just need to sit down for a day, I think, and just play Breath of the Wild and, and really enjoy See, it. See, I've never been that fussed about using a guide. I, I have got better from the days when it was a case of I would follow the guide step yeah. by step as yeah. I played through it the first time. I've now gone to a case of I will play the game through and then I will come up against a puzzle and I will puzzle it out for a good hour, two hours, and then be like, all right, let's 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 get the next step. Mm. And then I look at it and go, grab a fish from this place, <laughs> put it in a pot, and then bring it with you and throw it into its mouth. I'm like, where? How? How? How was I supposed <laughs> to know that? Oh, yeah. It, puzzles in games do feel like they've gotten easier. For the most part, yeah. I I I think back to the days where did you ever play the Soul Reaver franchise? Rings a bell, but no. It was on um, PS One, then PS Two. 
And I just remember those puzzles being a nightmare to get through, like really clever puzzles because you could shift between two realms. And when you shifted between the realms, the world changed around you. So certain powers wouldn't work in certain realms and vice versa. And I remember like I, I would spend a long time just trying to figure out these puzzles. It does feel like puzzles have, have gone easier as we've gotten older. Maybe we're just clever at figuring them out. Well, no. I I think it's also got to the point of game development has um got to the point now where they understand how to build puzzles properly. Yeah. So I think Zelda's really good for this, where it's a case of when you walk into a dungeon, the first thing you do is you get a new item. And then that whole dungeon is about teaching you how to use the item. Mm. All the puzzles are designed yes. around that item. And then the boss fight is like, okay, all those things you've just learned, now we're going to put yep. them into effect. Right. So I think I think game development has also got to the point where they're like, okay, puzzles are done this way. This is how yeah. they work. You're right. I think one thing that I don't like about current video games is like Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West are a nightmare for this, where you'll go into a new area where there's a puzzle, and within the first minute, the main character goes, I think it's something to do with that hook over there. And I'm like, let me solve Cheers, like, mate. Like Come on, let me let me attempt to just try and solve it first before you're giving me these these clues. But anyway, um, if you've got a comment or question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube, by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com, by leaving us on our Discord channel, or by email by using the hashtag goldenrodpod on Twitter. And that's the show for this week. If you've gotten this far, you're just a top dollar, aren't you? Connor, where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at CapFidget. I'm Ben. You can find me as Professor Hoenn Gaming on YouTube and Professor Hoenn on Twitter. As for the Golden Rod Podcast, you can find us on the usual platform. Search for Golden Rod Podcast on YouTube or on your usual podcast app. Leave a like on YouTube or a five-star review if you're listening as a podcast. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya! See ya!